telling John that you forgot Craig's name. You forgot his name too. You also <laughs> no, forgot I remember, his name. No, I remember Craig. I only forgot John, and that's fair because he sucks. I was about to, before I fucked up Craig's name uh, by, by calling him Chester or whatever, and I quote, <laughs> uh, uh, I was about to say the very uninspiring quote of history isn't written by the victor, it's written by whoever writes it the fuck down, uh, which in this case would be Way. Way said some egregious shit just recently. That is a no, lie. Does John have any concept of what Craig is? How could we explain that to John? Craig's just like a guy who's like intensely watching us and is the reason so, you hear whatever we say. He is John. Yeah. I feel like Craig just is well, John. I don't Probably. know if that's true. Well, Craig exists beyond John. Craig is just a passive watcher, whereas John is a being that knows everything that Craig knows. Craig is the river from which John drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not going to outdo that. You're really not. Wait, real quick before we get started, uh, my cat just got back from the vet and she went under anesthesia because she had dental work done and she is tripping balls right now. <laughs> Whoa. Her face, is, her face has not moved from that pose since I took that picture about 30 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> your, your cat is currently experiencing a PowerPoint slide presentation. That's what life looks like to her. It's a very good kitty. There we go. Last time, the crew met Jason, Tish, and Rob drank from Gave's cup. So now we're going into some dreams. Um, I would like to know what Tish is dreaming about. <laughs> okay. Um... Who's on deck after Tish? This opening might be really long. Okay. So, <laughs> I thought you said you had it all handled, enjoy. and then you just turned it on me, and you're like, nope, it's your turn now, go. No, look, look, at, the, look at your chat. Look at the chat. Did, did you see the messages I sent yeah, you? Yeah, you spent like 10 minutes ago right after you said that you had it handled. <laughs> so what happened was I had it completely handled. I had 100% handled. I was just going to open on something so good. And then Nick comes in and he was like, oh, what if we do this? And I was like, oh, that's even better. So let's do that. I so have, then I, I changed my mind. for that if you want to steal those. No, 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 no. We're not doing no, your no. shit. Fuck your shit. Okay. I see how it is. Wait, you I see how it is. And now you're just going to throw it to the curb? And not, yeah, to have yeah. Us yeah. It's okay. We can do it later. We could do it for later. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll right, do it live. Dream it up. <laughs> we'll do it live. This is so live right now. Okay, like, I'm... if you're listening to this, this wasn't edited. <laughs> this is a live showing. We're re. Every time you restart the audio, we're re. We're restarting. Yeah, we're re-saying so please... it. We're saying it again. Yeah, please stop. Please stop scrolling please back stop. to no, test. No, I don't want to say it again. Please. <laughs> it it will be slightly different every time because of that. This is a performance piece. Have I All bought right, enough okay. time? I Have guess, I bought enough I time? Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Alright, in Tisha's uh, dream, she's, like, climbing up um, a tall building. It's the same building that the Oranios gang was in that we saw before. Oranios Tower, yep. Oranios, Oranios Tower. She's climbing up Oranios Tower. Um, feeling great. Everything seems like normal. She's got it like under wraps. She's climbing so fast. 
and then over the top of the building, a giant version of her mom reaches her hand over and looks down over the side, but her head is a loudspeaker. And then Tish falls, and it just keeps falling. The uh, ground beneath you starts to fill with red wine, blood. It rushes up to meet you as fast as you're falling. You find yourself submerged. The air is trapped in your lungs. You have to breathe. You open your mouth. Sucking down wine and wash up, soaked, standing in a murky wetlands area. There's a thick fog draping the landscape. The dominant vegetation is trees and other woody plants, so you know it must be a swamp and not a marsh. Uh, now, if the pH of the water was less than 7, it would be a bog or a mire. But if the pH is greater than 7, seven then it would be a fen. Uh, you're not sure which it is because you didn't bring your pH test strips. Behind you is a large body of water, stained red. A small bamboo canoe rests on the shoreline, caked in mud-brown stains. Ahead of you, you see an enormous stone statue, some kind of animal you vaguely recognize, but it also looks a little alien. It stands guarding the entrance to a massive circular enclosure, a once magnificent ziggurat now overgrown by the swamp. And you realize you're lucid dreaming. You have control. Um, then you suddenly realize Gamma Joe is standing right beside you. She's wearing her racing goggles. Uh, she turns to you and says, Well, TG, I reckon we gotta get inside. Racia! And just takes off in a dead sprint. I guess I'll follow. As you follow, the bog or the mire or the fen is just sucking you down. It's really hard to keep pace. And you lose her rapidly in the fog. On the ground, there's a lot of ferns and grasses with sharp edges that scrape at your feet and your ankles. Yeah. They're cutting your feet up. Uh, as you run inside, the door has kind of collapsed. The first thing you see is on the side of the wall, scratched into it, a rough image of a young boy, maybe five or six years old. He's sitting on the floor, sculpting a lump of clay. You blink the dense fog, you see two humanoid figures. Their backs are to you. They're also staring at the image. He's going to call out to them. Call out to the creepy images, silhouetted. They turn around. Into the light steps a friendly-faced Robert with Dog by his side. Oh, it's Dream Robert. Tish, what are you doing here? I'm dreaming. Robert sort of looks up and looks around and then goes back to looking at the uh, scratched carvings on the wall. Mm. Is that you? I'm not sure. I just ended up here, but... I don't know. Sure looks like when I was a kid. How would I know what you look like when you're a kid? You know, neither of us are normal, Tish. I doubt our dreams <laughs> are normal, too. That's true. The images continue along the wall. It's kind of hard to make out. The fog is thick and obscuring. As they walk, there's a sense that they're coming towards the center of the ziggurat. The next image is of the same young boy with the same lump of clay. This time, a fatherly hand guiding him, helping him to put it together. And as he sees it, Robert turns to Tish and says, Not sure why. I want to find the middle of this thing, though. He continues walking 
through the labyrinthine hallways and cells of this massive stone building. As they go, feeling this sense of descending into the center, they find another image. This time of uh, the boy standing beside his clay creation, holding its hand as it takes its first trepidatious steps. Whoa, is Dog older than I am? Yeah, he's been with me since I was a kid. Whoa. Tish, at this moment, is also thinking back to your childhood being raised by your mom, as well as by Gamma Joe. As you walk along the walls of the labyrinth, ever so, every so often, you catch a glimpse of Joe just running ahead of you, and you feel like if you just could go a little bit faster, you could catch up. I'm not sure if I want to. I feel like I don't know if I want to know what Gamma has to say to me right now. Stepping out from one of the side passages of one of the hallways, that same figure who you feel like is definitely your mom, but her head has been replaced by a loudspeaker. <laughs> And she ah. goes up to you, and it's that same conversation you had when you told her you were fired from Sonic. <laughs> um, she's like, Tish, this is really disappointing. You realize you, you got to hold down a job. This is really important. Shut up. This is my dream. You can't talk to me in here like this. Shoot, shoot. It quickly disappears back into the fog. How come your memories are nice little pictures and my memories when they yell at me? I don't know. This dream sure seems to have weird ways of telling us things, showing us things. And as he's talking, almost automatically, Robert continues walking deeper into the labyrinth. Is that the same direction that Gamma was running? Yes. I'm just going to follow Robert. You feel like there's something at the center of this, something you really want, but you're also a bit afraid to go deeper because you don't want to talk to Grandma right now. As you get deeper and deeper, the hallways become more confusing and twisting, and there's more of them. You realize it's hard to know where to go. Do you know where you're going, Robert? I think so. I've, I've dreamt like this before. Not this same maze, but this place where we are. And Robert continues striding forward, without an ounce of fear in his heart as he moves inexorably to the center of this maze. Feels like you're walking for a very long time, but you see at the maze's heart two things. The first thing you see is a helicopter. It's like an Apache helicopter, and there's a bungee cord hanging from it, and your grandma's climbing up into the helicopter. Underneath the helicopter, you see a vivid mural. Uh, it's rendered in bright colors. Uh, the boy that was sculpting the golem is now teenaged, maybe around 14. You can see his hand has just let go of the golem's hand. The golem is in the middle of a shaky step. It's teetering, uncertain. The golem is uncertain, but the boy isn't. He knows even if the golem falls, he'll pick it up again and again until it is ready to walk on its own. And at that moment, as he's looking at the picture of the golem letting go of the young boy's hand, he's overcome with 
the imagery of himself doing that same thing, uh, letting go of his father's hand as he opens the doors and steps into the wide open world. Gamma Joe looks back from the bungee cord as she's about halfway up, and she's like, Tish, you coming? You go on ahead, Gamma. You can see her eyes, even though she's very high up behind those goggles, and you see a look of acceptance. Her mouth sets. She turns back around and finishes the climb into the helicopter. The helicopter flies away. I think at this point, Robert wakes up with a gasp, <gasps> sweating. He feels his forehead. He's slightly feverish, but filled with energy. He gets up, glides quickly across his apartment to where Dog is standing motionlessly. He starts looking at the letters on his face, very carefully writing them again. Smaller this time, but a little different. Mouth up to the forehead. He turns his attention downward and carves out for Dog a face. That is our dream sequence. Okay, we will go now to a young Eddie sitting across the table from a well-dressed man in a fancy restaurant. The man swings a sleek briefcase with the words Multiversal Music Group embossed on it onto the table. He unclasps the briefcase with a practiced motion and takes out a crisp folder, which he slides across the table. Take some time to think about it, Eddie. I guarantee you won't regret signing with us. As Eddie looks up, the scene changes. Our view rotates, and Eddie and Condus face a clear night sky. Condus is talking. Remember that catch you made when you were playing kickball, Eddie? It's right here in this field. Didi kicked it, and everyone thought it was going to be a homer, but... You ran back to the fences and caught it. It was an amazing catch. Reminded me of something else amazing, something a friend of mine taught me a long time ago. He taught me that the force that brought that ball down into your hands is the same force that moves the stars. Everything's connected. A moment of silence as the pair sit silhouetted by the moonlight. I don't think you came to me looking for advice, Eddie. I think you already made your decision. Just gotta make peace with it. You know who you are. You know who you're playing for. Smooth jazz trickles in as the scene fades to Eddie, cheeks puffed, playing his heart out on the stage of the Time and Tide. As he looks out at the crowd, Jason catches his eye, they both get a sense of profound meaning and understanding. It's been a day or two since Jason's first met the crew. You found it kind of hard to talk to people here. Interaction you had with the crew last time was by far the most meaningful interaction you've had. Gave's tending the bar. Jason, Tish, Dog are watching the performance. Is this the same day as last session, or are we coming back here again? It's been a day or two. Okay. I might have brought Kaz's cat to visit them. Mm. For everyone who's concerned, the cat is staying in the room. The cat is secured. Mango. cat is not out of the bag. The cat is secured. <laughs> the bag is secured, and the bag has air holes in it so that the cat can breathe. I know that was a lot of tension for you listening. Yep, Robert is taking 
excellent care of the cat. He feeds it every day. Eddie's performance is coming to a close. There's some pretty loud applause. Eddie's stepping off the stage. That he can really play. That was great. I'll run up to Eddie and offer him a cup of water. Jason's just sweating. He's like, he has like his gloves off. And he's just like with a, like a dirty hand, like rubs from the sweat off his face and like is clapping and sipping his beer alternatively. Will that do the same thing to me as it did to those guys? How would you know what it did to those guys? You don't know shit. <laughs> He, yeah, yeah. The, you're not. Jason's having a hard time getting his brow clean. Jason's just kind of a. I mean, he's not the cleanest guy. He's not dirty, but he's a working man. So you know, he's got some. Yeah, he's got some like, grime. He's got some spit behind the air. You might say. I think there's also some gator. Okay. He's just sweaty. He's hot. He's very warm. <laughs> very warm. Mm-hmm. There's very little AC to go. I think Robert's just going to ask about that. You're all right, Jason. Oh uh, yeah, just. Uh, uh. You know, a little hot. Uh, working outside today, moving stuff. Dug up uh, my neighbor's flower beds and uh, replanted them. Stuff work. You're a gardener. Yeah, I, well, I'm mostly in landscaping now, but I was a gardener. You, you work in Grand Vista? That's what it sounded like. Uh-huh. Neighborhood jobs, you know, word of mouth. I've been interested in the town. It's, it's a good place, but it needs help. Sure, what place, what part of town doesn't these days? After, after what Lee Hobb did. That scum fuck who we hate with every fiber of our being. I yeah, dude, to hate anybody. Fuck anyone who might be associated with Lee Han. Fuck anyone who might have made the decisions that Lee Han made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say in character, fuck anyone who associated with Lee Han. No, Robert wouldn't say fuck. Whatever higher power created Lee Han was plainly deficient. What he did was a travesty and a disaster. But have you ever been to mute? I think she's just like slowly slipping her soda and staring at him. <laughs> I am so tempted to bring up Robert's deep friendship with this man. <laughs> yeah. Lee Han was the worst. Did I tell you that I was involved in a very intimate scandal with him? <laughs> that, that was in the papers. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, Robert is banking on Jason not recognizing his name from that article. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very curious. How many of you are subscribed to a local paper, let alone read the local paper of the neighborhood next to you? I'm sure, like, headlines might have popped up. I get some weird headlines. I'm trying to get more involved in local politics. Very disconnected from the news. Extremely so. Name What You Need was intentionally pushing that story, though. So I feel like it got so much more coverage than it deserved on, like, above local scales. Like, imagine you're going to buy a bright pink scrubby, you know? And it just, at the top of the page, it's like, hey, have you seen this article? Wait, so, like, Amazon, <laughs> like, Amazon having yeah. a link to WAPO? On, That's what happened, though. Page. Like, in this setting, the character of Julian is basically representing Amazon, and he Scam-azon. had a vested interest in pushing that story. More like Scamazon, am I right? Yeah. He's the only guy who's worse than Lee, but not by much. God, what a dog shit. Uh, of course, this is not referencing any real-world things. Any references to real-world figures yeah. or companies or purely accidental. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, forget what I just said about anything explicit. Sorry, we'll fix it in post. I will say, I will say <laughs> that since this is a story of embedded stories, everything that you see here is deeply related to real life. 
so explicit. Um, yeah. <laughs> But purely coincidentally, explicitly. Yeah, explicitly you know. coincidental. <laughs> Back to the scene, Robert is just going to ask Jason, have you ever been to Mute? Have you seen what the community center has done for the town? I haven't. It's worth visiting. They've done a lot. They've made the town a much better place. And I think we could build something like that in Grand Vista. Something that might fill the role the garden used to. A place for community for oneness of the community. Yeah. I've been talking to a lot of folks around here about that sort of thing. Not a lot of fish are biting. Feels like, um, you just get a lot of pity. You know? People say, ah, that Leon guy, what a bastard, right? But, um... That's, that's pretty much that's pretty much all you get. Truth of the matter is, uh, I think uh, this Lehan guy got a bad rap. Uh, he's pretty cool. I, I don't know. Who besides us is in the uh, in time and tide right now? There's a lot of patrons. Uh, I think there's a lot of. People. I'm probably pretty busy then, bartending and stuff. There's a lot of people who have been displaced by the conflict between the Aranios gang and other smaller gangs. The Uranios gang is starting to lose its grip on power, and that has caused a lot of people to be displaced. There's also probably some people being displaced by the gentrification happening in Grand Vista and starting to come into mute. There's people from all over the city. Look, I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Pity's a really easy emotion to feel, and it's, it's kind of what's expected for you in the moment your sympathies. But what, from my point of view, I haven't been getting anything positive out of this. It just seems like no one really cares. Sympathy is just a start. Pretty soon, we'll start rallying them to action, making something actually happen. And Robert's going to get up from the table and basically he's going to try to work the crowd, find displaced individuals who are small leaders, like like the leader of a family or a small group of people sticking together and try to talk to as many of those people as he can about trying to work together to make things better for all the people who have been displaced by all these conflicts. So I'm going to roll rallying the people to action on my logos to effectively try to find a network of displaced peoples who would be willing to help his cause. You can make a convince roll. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a network of informants rallying the people to action roll. That is a seven. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> Can you imagine how dog shit if it, it would be if we've just met Jason? Robert's like, come on, I'm going to show you all the people who want to rebuild and, and work together towards an actual future. And then they find fucking nobody and Jason walks out into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, Robert <laughs> felt that it would have been pretty embarrassing. I feel like that would still be interesting story potential, though. Well, I think right now it's really tough. Like you're talking and like people have the same attitude as Jason. A lot of people are like, yeah, you know, people are talking about changing, but when are we actually going to do something? Kind of seems like this place just keeps filling up more and more day by day and, and nothing's really changing. What are you going to do about that? I think near the entrance to this building, there are like tons of posters advocating for people to come to city hall meetings to describe what they would want of the renovated uh, labyrinthine area. 
under the city community engagement in that way and eddie is probably like behind jason pointing like mouthing towards the flyers as robert's talking so i think robert is going to try to get people on board with the idea that renovating the labyrinth is uh an attainable and worthy goal so what do you tell them about the labyrinths well right now we're in the phase where we're just trying to coalesce a bunch of people who have already been displaced and find them a place to stay and then the next phase is expanding the spaces in which they feel comfortable where they can interact with the community where they can find services where they can live and work so really drive home that the important thing is that the people who are already in the labyrinth and those of us above it both have severe problems and we can benefit from unifying, like bringing people in to renovate them will in the end make life better down there and also make a new space for these displaced people. Some people would be very interested by that. Other people are kind of on the fence. Other people are taking offense. Like, dude, we just got forced out of our homes and now you're telling us to wait and like go live in the sewers. That doesn't sound very appealing. You know when you're passing by like some construction area and they've got images of the potential of the space? Mock-ups. Yeah, yeah, mock-ups. Uh, I think that it would um, have the mock-ups of skylights coming in uh, to allow space to grow and like uh, bunches of potted plants and like large cafeteria and communal areas, inset stages, kind of like a renovated uh, subway station. But instead of a giant train going through, it's just this underground mall with a bunch of skylights, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think some people are very excited about that. Some people are like, wow, this looks very promising and hype. Other people are like, I feel like this is going to take forever to build, and we need solutions now. We need solutions right now. What does Jason think about this? I mean, he's looking at, at the effort that Robert's putting in, um, and he's looking around at, at the faces of the people around him, and what he sees is this disconnect. Right. Through his eyes, he sees it's like the gears of a great machine are spinning, but not interlocked. There's power and there's force and there's potential, but they're not meeting each other. So he kind of watches Robert go around the room and try to convince the people. And he thinks to himself that there's a piece, there's a cog missing, there's a piece missing. And then he has an idea. Cut now to the bar, which is quite crowded. People are talking. Gave's getting all the gossip, all the rumors. What catches your attention are some people talking about the development project below grounds. They're saying, yeah, I, I really don't feel safe going that, down there. You hear some people have gone missing. It's spooky down there. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'd rather go anywhere else does not seem safe at the moment. Tisha's going to slide up behind the others and be like, danger? Punching? <laughs> Action? <laughs> They're like, yeah, have you been down there? I mean, it's fucking terrifying. It's all dark and wet. There's like weird fumes coming up. And sometimes if you go to the really dark areas, if you even know where you are, you'll hear this noise. It sounds like, like something alive. Dude, it sounds like Ooh. my bathroom. And the something alive is you. <laughs> Your bowel movement. Well, dark, like humid. You get lost in it sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. The point is, it's a piece of shit. 
and that's also we it. don't want to go there. Sounds good to me. What do you mean that sounds good to you? Have you <laughs> did you hear anything we just said? I, I, I was saying that not to all the people. negative adjectives. <laughs> I don't know how to make this more clear, but it is bad, not good, bad. <laughs> I think Robert is having on the other side of the room having a very intellectual conversation with an architect of, about this over a beer, like trying to sway that guy and like just not at all present for this. I'm going to like run drinks out. And as I pass by Eddie, I'm going to mention this project of yours. People currently feel fear towards it. And what you need them to feel is hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, finger along the shoulder, giving someone drinks. Wandering back to the bar. I think you would know too, Eddie. There's been like rumors of danger as you've been working down there in the sewers. Yeah, no doubt. It's very easy to get lost. And it also seems like the maps and the surveying you've been doing has been like wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you you'll you'll survey a section and map it out. You'll be like, okay, we know how to get down here. And then the next day you'll come back and it'll just be totally different. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what that's going to call for... This is a bit of metagaming. Uh, there are rules for, like, breaking the mythoi of places. If we change the narrative of a place enough, can the place accrue crack? Oh, that's cool. That sounds cool. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's in the rules now. <laughs> I am the rules. Yeah, I always thought that was the intention, that, like, as we put work into this place, we'll, like, shift the mythos away from the labyrinth and towards something more inviting and sheltering like atlantis yeah maybe again less co- negative <laughs> connotations paradise beneath the waves <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh-huh yeah or okay. we could go for like a sumerian city yeah, maybe jericho jericho's pretty good too right <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Pompeii's another place that has a story about it. Oh, dude, Pompeii. Oh, Pompeii. Italian. Oh, perfect. The perfect. It's like an Italian villa. That's yeah. That's that's a beach house if I've ever seen one. Beachfront property. Mountainside views. That we're all talking about these places completely unironically in earshot of like dozens of other people. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, Atlantis, it's perfect. It's under sea level two, and it's beautiful. It's just amazing. Pompeii, like, just fine countryside next to the mountains. I don't think any of this makes sense to have a conversation in character. Because your characters don't even know that. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Did we lose Wade? No. He's abandoned us again. He probably forgot milk. How could He'll this happen to me? I'm just going to take this uh, opportunity one more time. Uh, wherever you are, John, eat shit. <laughs> well, okay. Don't need to not have way here to do that. John, I feel like you should maintain a healthy diet and you shouldn't eat shit. Robert is fine with John. Robert can get along with John, but telling him to eat shit is just too much fun. Don't remember to drink water, John. <laughs> Hydrate. Hydrate or die. is fucking living in the void now. The void is his apartment. Yeah. The most austere place imaginable. Listen, I feel like you should at least have one piece of art on the wall. He goes to like hang up his, his boring gray suit coat on the on the void wall and he just drops it and it falls to the ground. 
It falls through the ground. Look, okay, okay. We've established that DeRoy's apartment was the one that was like fucked up and weird and bland. John's John's apartment, I feel like, is the opposite of his personality. Okay, so he's got like a big TV that's constantly playing Twitch streamers. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. like very interesting. Like he's he is a Twitch weirdo. That is true. Yeah. That is confirmed. Hey, by the hey story. John, if you want Agave oh, to sign one of those posters, I can make that happen. You know what? I feel like John would have some like pretty sweet amateur photography of places, like old abandoned okay. buildings. He still sucks as a person, but like he does not suck as a person. He kind of sucks as a person. He's grown <laughs> on me. We did that whole heist thing, and then he just went to work. He can be a better person than he is currently. That's fine. Like, that's not a judgment yeah. on him. But he can be a better person than he is currently. But he can do that at his own pace whenever he's ready. No, do it faster, John. Speed it up. Does John have, like, cardboard cutouts of, like, Elvis or something? God, no. That would be too tacky. <laughs> John, I don't care what speed you become a better person at, as long as I can kick you while you're doing it. <laughs> we really lost Way. Way is really not coming back, you guys. There's so yeah, much hostility towards John. I just feel like I have to help John now. Yeah, but then you start feel helping him, and then I'm like, wow, I've got to be hostile. <laughs> I guess the more you oppose something, the more you make it real. So here's my question. Uh, should we wait for ways internet to come back online or should we we do need a way to have fun yeah we just have scenes without him and then we have to catch him up how did he send a message if his internet dropped uh probably the, the, yo that's crazy the gm leaves and the group keeps playing that's fucking wild well remind remind me what's what's your new character's name it's gonna take me a moment my new character's name is jason jason definitely got the golden fleece that's what the chalice is Definitely. Yeah, totally not a mathematician of some kind. No, no, God. Not, not, not a famous one, especially. No. No, please. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. My next mythos is going to be that mathematician that figured out quaternions in his head while he was walking down the street one day, so he carved <laughs> it into the side of a bridge with a rock. All right, I'm back. This one does. Oh, what a nerd. I know, right? One of the worst part is that they... The city, like, took down his proof because it was graffiti. That'd be crazy if you were just, like, all, like, math students would just, like, spray paint proofs on the side of the math building. We just start doing that, honestly. <laughs> Very different culture. Very easily could end up like that. Very easily could have been like that already. Culture is what you make of it. Yeah, yeah you are the culture. We are. Uh, where were we? Cultural agents. What what uh, we happened? actually played like three full scenes while you weren't here. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah, we helped John decorate I'm his really apartment. Really excited to edit those. <laughs> <laughs> edit those together for us. <laughs> yeah, just to catch you up, everybody's on board with the labyrinth. Since you were gone, we actually uh, finished the Rob storyline you and me have been talking about. It came together <laughs> really fast. But it had such a satisfying arc and conclusion. Like, I'm really happy with... I was yeah. not expecting the betrayal and romance to happen at the same time, but that was uh, <laughs> that was an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. uh, no, we haven't done anything. We basically just... <laughs> we just, we just belittled... Well, we belittled John for about 10 minutes. No, we we no. have to decorate his apartment. That's That's important content right there.
I took every opportunity to tell him to eat shit. <laughs> you gotta seize those, even though they come all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, every <laughs> single one is just so sweet. True. Uh, where were we, though, actually? God damn it. <laughs> Eddie was talking about the labyrinth and the danger. You were saying, wow, the map, it changes. Here's another question I've got. How much stuff can we do without Ren? Everything. Fuck Ren. <laughs> if you're not here for the podcast, get fucked. That's my new stance. Does that mean we're having a proxy DM for the next Hold Hold this L if you are not here <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have to have a proxy DM for like two sessions. <laughs> Three, maybe. Yeah. That's right. Three. That's right. Yeah. Way is going to get completely fucked. We're going to play without he's Way. He's going to be so behind. He's going to have to edit and listen to the podcast. Oh, himself. no, 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 no. He, what, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll be in charge of editing because let's be honest, weakest link has to be the DM. That's what we always do. Yeah, the weakest uh, link is the DM. Yeah, yeah. Tradition. But luckily, really. you're taking over, so that's going to change. No, no, no. Luckily, I'll be taking over, <laughs> so that tradition will stay the same. Preacher of tradition. Never, never, ever change anything. See, um, we're just going to fill out the entire episode with bits, and then it'll just end. I think it makes total sense for Kaz to just be sitting here not doing anything in these scenes. <laughs> that's completely in line with the character. Just not saying anything. I think Kaz, Kaz standing behind the bar and cleaning a single mug with a single rag for 48 hours yeah. is very Kaz core. Yeah, Kaz is just looking tough and like keeping an eye on Agave, but not doing anything about it. But that, that mug is so fucking clean. Dude. <laughs> I'll just go in and swap out mugs every time I need a new one. Yes. Kaz is in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then here's, here's my proposal. We go out into the labyrinth. We get some of uh, your delightful people skills. Uh, try and open some people up, Agave. We're going to try and lay down your family ties. Like, put that on the back burner. Can I get you to clarify what you mean by opening people up? Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Cause there, there's some methods I've decided I will no longer partake in. That yeah. is wonderful. I was, just I will not go from hip to sternum anymore. Across the waist is a cleaner yeah, cut. It's much, it's a much more efficient. <laughs> yeah. More humane. Um, yeah. So, uh, I know that we've had conversations before about like just sweeping your comments under the rug. But I'm very proud of you for making progress. Uh, let's let's just go with we don't kill people as a blanket rule. So you mean like emotionally make them open up? Yeah, make them make them feel listened to, valued, and loved. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, that's like the most mild form. I just like lean over to Tish at the table, like those two are talking at the bar. I'm like, what do you think they're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> gang stuff <laughs> alright next step I'm going to go over to Jason and I'm, I'm going to be like hey I think that you've got a better perspective on how people outside of Mute feel about the in, uh, situation within Mute Mute uh, has kind of been embroiled in its own conflicts and they're threatening to boil over but we don't want our problems to become other people's problems I was wondering if you could come with us as we talk to people in the labyrinth because I think that you've got a better finger on the pulse of people who are not in my neighborhood than I do. You talk really fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that sounds good. 
I haven't been making much progress here, and, and my boss, um, he needs me to make some progress. So I'd be willing to come with you. Dog is going to walk up next to Eddie and just look at Jason. Does he have a face now? Yes, he has a face. <laughs> like, what does the face look like? It's, is it Noah's face? Is it a complete face, or is it like a, like a first-time Robert trying to make a face face? It's an Adonis. So Noah's face. It's very neutral looking, very... So John's face. Like, it looks like a face <laughs> on a statue. For now, it, do- it very much looks like a statue's face. Hey, dog, nice face. I would like to investigate hey, Robert dog. through the investigation of dog. How are you going to do that? Do you realize that you those two are connected? I think that Eddie did a pretty good job of throwing you off the tail last time. Hold on. I see them together all the time. I've probably broached some kind of explanation, considering it's a fucking eight-foot-tall clay man walking around. He is eight feet tall, right? Maybe like 7'11". Yeah. 7'12". He is taller now that he has a spine. What's your, what are you trying to do here? What are you trying to learn? Well, I want to get clues so I can ask questions. I could tell you the questions I'm going to ask, but... All right, let's do an investigate roll. 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 I'm going to use the tag observant. One of your mythoses has to be... It's the top one, right? Yeah. I think it's the top one. What about the third one? The bottom one? I think there's an argument for both. I might even use both. I personally, what I'm going to ask, I think, is more for the top one. That's fine. What about Unbeliever? Yeah. That XP farm? For sure, for sure. Here it goes. That is a hard move for me. (laughs) I get attention to that theme, though. That, I rolled a two and a one on the dog die. knows everything about you. You're trying to study dog. You're trying to learn about Rob. You're trying to figure out. <laughs> Maybe Eddie's deception totally works. Maybe you think dog is just a different, is completely disconnected from <laughs> oh my Robert. God. Oh my God. I want somebody else in the club so bad. <laughs> Yo. You look at this, like, clay person, and you think this person is just Rob's friend. (laughs) It's his bodyguard, his big, beefy bodyguard. Maybe not Rob's friend, but maybe just, like, a separate separate entity, like his own thing. Yeah. Just another member of the group, but a very unique one in that they don't talk at all. (laughs) They don't talk, and they're always following Rob around. (laughs) That's not weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, listen, they're good friends, and, like, Doc has his own kids. I've seen them with my own eyes. Like, he's got little toddlers that run around. They love breakdancing. You'll you'll love them when they meet, you meet them. Rambunctious little scraps. Uh, I love them. <laughs> that was a callback. Jason is, is going to, like, look at Dog and see, like, some kind of thing that he can use his mythos to investigate, and he's going to pull on it, but then it just completely fails, um, and he's just left staring at this statue basically if eddie's there he'll lean over to eddie and say you know i'm still not used to that thing he's a man first off give him some. he's a guy he's a man i thought it was like a robot or something no no he's he's a wonderful father jesus (laughs) really yeah He's he's got the he's got some beautiful children. They're really into dancing, and they're quite talented at it as well. But him and Robert are very close. Uh, oh. Just a lovely guy. Very quiet. Not really the most talkative guy. I think that you would appreciate that, though. 
I think I have a TikTok of them dancing. It's the uh, very scary crew. What was it? Three, four, Coterie. five? Excuse you. It is the very scary Coterie part three. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do they just look like kids in the video? Yeah, they just look like toddlers. Jason's gardening brain is just going to file away the section of him that wanted to turn dog into a chia pet. Oh my just file god! It away. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that one. <laughs> now that he believes dog is a real man. Yeah. How do chia pets work? By the way, <laughs> would Jason know how to make a chia pet? Sure. Seems pretty simple. I feel like that would make some lovely hair for dog. <laughs> <laughs> a luscious beard and dog oh. is moist so you wouldn't have to water him what does eddie think about dog drawing his own face on listen we we all go through fashion phases i think <laughs> that eddie's very supportive of this yeah eddie's supportive of dogs having a face look <laughs> listen uh, like previous maybe it's his shifting mythos eddie knows that his mythos has changed and i i think yeah. that it would be rude to comment on it you know because this is a man he had a face before. Then he became a, a dirt thing, but and, a, and an <laughs> octopus. But he, he's he's still a guy with feelings. I'm not gonna hurt him. It's my friend. I imagine Jason hears that and just like he turns into an octopus. He's seen him <laughs> turn into an octopus. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. Last time, last time, Tish made a glitter tornado. Oh yeah. And then dog went octopus and did some octopus dance moves <laughs> like yeah, this guy's right. always changing forms this guy that's true he does like being an octopus he's like really good at deep tissue uh so like if you're feeling like a lot of tension and you seem like the kind of person that has a lot of tension you should maybe see if like uh if they can get you in for like an appointment or something yeah i mean i picked up this uh this crick in my shoulder the other day fix it or something um, and I like turned to dogs like, "Hey, um, hey, sorry if I didn't introduce myself earlier. I'm Jason." If I had a nickel for every time someone has talked directly to dog, I'd have two nickels. <laughs> dog is going to nod though, and he's going to offer to shake your head, shake your hand. I'll shake his hand. As you reach out and take the hand, the hand feels very human. You can feel the underlying bones. It's clearly not just clay. Can feel the skeletal structure. Mm. Interesting. Looking forward to a really dramatic scene, like a long time from now, where like Dog is sacrificing himself, and he tells Eddie, "Go, run." Take it. No. No, I Save yourselves. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want. I'm just going to seed that, and if that, I don't blooms, want that. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> like my buddy i don't need that jesus fly you fools <laughs> i want that to happen less than i wanted lee to die and i really like that that fucking character man yeah. <laughs> nah fuck lee yeah lee was the weakest member of the cast and i'm <laughs> saying that as a member of the cast hell yeah holy shit holy shit that's brutal because oh like my god Noah's the highest member of the cast, so it could be anywhere in there. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you. I hate you all. Yeah, the bar is really high, but it could also be really low because it's so high. This is the worst <laughs> recurring joke that we have. <laughs> I love our recurring jokes. I love the fact that they come back and we could just tell them again. That's my favorite part yeah. of them. Anyway, Todd sure doesn't say anything. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> Does Jason like that? Jason strong, strong silent type. I appreciate that. Yeah. Shakes the hand, immediately goes back to folding the arms across the chest. There's no hint of warmth in that clay touch. Yeah, but you felt the bones. You felt he was more than human. Or more, more than just dirt. He's a man. He was He's more a... than human. He's the next evolution. He's got the structure of a man, but he yet lacks the vital essence. The muscles are a fairly recent addition, so like Eddie's insistence that you could feel those things before just really tells you how much he's bought into it. Eddie has faith in the people around him. And... Dude, last time there was like a quote you had. I was listening to the recording just before this. You had a quote that was like, you felt you had a magnetic connection towards dog. Yeah. I ship it. <laughs> Honestly, you know, Dog Eddie is the best ship of the series so far. I want to see, <laughs> see it flirting with Dog. You're watery. He's clay. Yeah, that's you know? true. You're water. He's clay. It's a This will just match. make his self sacrifice seem even more dramatic. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have many friends. He's going to tell you to run, and you'll be like, no, I can't. And then he's going to say, Look after my kids for me, and then you have to go. <laughs> oh, God. His kids are all Chia pets. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. Anyway. Okay. So I think, yeah, so I think you were trying yeah, to yeah, organize yeah. something. All the meat so off after, that bone. All the meat off that bone. talking to Jason, Eddie's going to go over to Tish. Is it quest time? Do we get a quest? We, we got a quest. We got a quest. I'm ready for this. Turns out, Labyrinth, pretty scary place. Um, Needs some help. The people in it need some help. And I think that if we can uh, make that space a little more warm and welcoming to the people around us, not only do I believe that I can get the rest of the group willing to meet Lee, but I think that Lee might appreciate what we've done for the community as well. Because, I mean, his family's a part of this community, and he was, he was so involved in charity work and, and helping people out. I think that it would be worthwhile uh, work in his name. Kind of talking like he's dead still. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking that whole time. <laughs> you know, I, I could just I could just ask him right now, but okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'll 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 do it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> well it's more of a like a surprise kind of thing. That was that was the what the angle I was approaching okay. from. Not he's dead. Let's just go fight some subway monsters. Exactly. Dude. <laughs> Killing subway monsters? It's my jam. Not really. I don't. I don't really like killing. But but like <laughs> helping people. I That's see my... you trying. Yeah. Should we end the scene here? Yeah, I think I think we got it. You're going down into the labyrinth, and I feel like I want everybody here for that. Fuck. <laughs> well, we could do stuff at like the entrance, right? Talk to people before we go down. I was like sitting here thinking about it, and I was like, do I want? This all right, all right. right before now. before we go into the labyrinth, I think it might be worthwhile showing our new friend a little secret. Can we crack out the puzzle box? You know what I've been meaning to do forever, Way? What's that? Robert's going to take Caraman's uh, decision-making coin out of his pocket and try and figure out what's up with that thing. Investigate roll. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that, because I forgot it. <laughs> True names, reading the true nature of things. This looks good to me. Let's roll it. 
That was a seven. Oh my god, you barely got there. <laughs> so two questions, right? Yeah. Uh, can my first question be what do? <laughs> you know what? Sure. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like you would love the mythos of this, so I'm just going to send it to you. I mean, I do want the mythos, but first I want to know what it actually does. I'm just going to send it to you. Okay. We're going to say this uses up both of your clues. Are you going to tell the rest of us, or are you just going to leave us all in suspense? Hang on. Hold. I mean, Robert would share anything he finds he figures out, for sure. You may not want to share this one. Um, what? Hold. The suspense. The suspense. <laughs> While we're waiting, I thought of a City of Mist character. One of the fun things we do here on and Here's What You Missed is we think of City of Mist characters that are impossible to make, you know? Because they have just shut such shitty mythos ideas. Um, here's one. Jeopardy theme song is your mythos. <laughs> <laughs> Jeopardy theme song? It's the Jeopardy theme song. Who's incredibly impatient. No, no. You cause other players to have to play more quickly. You know, you cause enemies to make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think that you can sell this really well. Like all season, you have it building up as like this this entity that causes latent anxiety in the back of people's minds, and the need to rush, and the need for resolution, for questions to be answered, but you can never answer them because they're just beyond your reach. They're just beyond the this this faint jingle at the back of your mind, and you bill it as this eldritch horror, and then it's revealed to be the Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> See, Noah, only you, who is the foremost among us, could make this terrible idea work. Fuck you. And you did it in seconds. In seconds, yeah. you turned my shitty it was idea. Like less than into thirty like a... seconds. I was playing in my head as you were talking. How long were you working on that to have it be torn apart in mere moments? <laughs> This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> to be loved and appreciated. Praise. <laughs> just blow smoke. Genuine oh, and oh. unadulterated praise. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously we want something because we're, like, complimenting you. And you know what we want, Noah? We want your company. We want to spend more time with you. We want to love. Love. Okay. The feeling is mutual. Robert stares the coin for a little bit, intently reading into what it truly is. Then he just puts it back into his pocket and doesn't say anything. Hell Not yeah. Carry us. Carry us home. Hell yeah. Wait, what the you fuck is this object? Somebody? You understand that, right? Did, the, did yeah, that make sense to you? Yeah, it made sense, but like, what the fuck? Would you like to give it to somebody? Um... Or do you want to save it for a special occasion? I think I'm saving it for a special occasion. Okay, but you realize you can't use it, right? Correct. Okay, excellent. <laughs> this is all kind of fucked right now. I, I, I don't like this at all. Should we end the episode? Have we exhausted right all ways of stalling? I was thinking of doing something. You We've said you had an idea, uh, Will. Yeah. I'll turn to everyone and say... I don't know how urgent it is. We need to go into the labyrinth. I'd be willing to... I mean, I'm not doing anything later. Um, so I'd be willing to go 
But sometime, I think that you all should really talk to Calvin Cyrus. He's the he's the leader of the Beaumonts. The um, not the gang, not the dangerous ones. Yeah, you know, he's trying to do good. He's not violent. I'm not associated with those other Beaumonts. And I think just getting your faces and names in there, just talking to him, he'd really be able to give us some direction in how we're going to help Grand Vista. Because right now, what I see, you know, looking around this room, I see a lot of potential, but I don't see a lot of leadership. And I think Calvin Cyrus has a potential to be a leader. What do you think? Well, I'm a lapdog at heart. Let's go. I feel like the last time we went to Grand Vista, some like blow darts were involved. <laughs> blow darts? Yeah. Yeah, who was yeah, that? Yeah, like there was a basketball court. Yeah, it was the community And gardens. like Robert got poisoned. Yeah, I like to avoid that. We've since had to scale back a lot of security because the community gardens don't really exist anymore. So I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't see anything that could go wrong, Ben. Just uh, don't piss anybody off. What do you think, Way? Could we go talk to Calvin? Thinking about it. We don't have to. It could be a more prepared thing. Yeah, I think I want to do prep for that. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. I think I want to do more prep in general. <laughs> Had, like, no time. <laughs> That's chill. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. I feel like uh, Robert's kind of stepping up to be group leader, but maybe that's a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, some really um, brown-stained boots to fill. brown-stained boots to fill. Brown-stained running shoes. Size 7. Size 7, yeah. It does kind of feel natural to me, though, that he would try to lead the group. Hmm. Lehan, 5-5 five, five king. We support a short king as long as he doesn't destroy a community. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that Lehan. Not for being short, but for everything else he owes. We could stop by and get, like, hamburgers or something before we go down into the labyrinth. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds like a good scene. Yeah, I'd be down for that. You guys want to hit yeah. St. Patty's? Burger time. I feel like it's important to uh, eat well before you go to work. Oh, man, I could destroy a melt right now. We're talking real life or, like, in-game? <laughs> Immerse yourself. Immerse yourself, Noah. Immerse yourself, man. I feel like like living in a bar isn't burgers like all you would eat. <laughs> yeah, these burgers Flash, are great. Like, chicken tenders. <laughs> fries are their fries are garbage. I don't know. I kind of I kind of felt like this would be a higher end establishment. Like you know, you know when you go to a, a government building and it's like technically like not in the state, it's like its own federal institution. And then they've got, like, this food court that has no real reason for being so high quality. Yeah, but then they get quirky with it, and they serve ranch with their fries instead of ketchup, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mayo <laughs> is understandable, but ranch yeah, is, ranch uh, is... taking it too far. Yeah. Every time someone dips their pizza in ranch, I weep. <laughs> You're just constantly <laughs> crying. It's true. You know what I just did, Marcus? You know what yeah. I just fucking did? <laughs> what? Literally on well, camera. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. Wow. I love it, man. I love pineapple on pizza. Oh, I love what? dipping my pizza in ranch. I didn't see that. Hell yeah. What I guess cool. all the brains in the world can't get you good taste. I mean, I give you great taste, actually. <laughs> the things that taste the best. Fries so and Frosties. We back in the club. Fries and Frosties is perfect. I respect to Fry and Frosty. Yeah. This is happening all in character, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
Robert is gonna dip his fry in his frosty and then read the true nature of that. All right, make oh, an investigate roll. Be all about pizza and ranch, though, one hundred percent. Yeah, because Tisha's Tisha has like a, a jouissance, like a love for life. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's got that zest. Yeah, it's only natural. Robert now understands the combination of sweet and salty flavors on a level unto which man has never accomplished. <laughs> Peering down, you get like a zoom-in shot of the grain of salt on the fry and the grain of sugar on the frosty. And like you understand how to write the names that cause those flavors to intermingle. It zooms in further and it's like a like the picture of two stars like colliding into each other, <laughs> like collapsing into a black hole. <laughs> And then it explodes into a shower of letters in the true yeah. name language. A drip of it just falls off the fry because he's just been staring at it for like 20 minutes. Robert has been like taking out objects and staring at them all night. <laughs> yeah, I, like I got that confusing coin and I've just been looking at inane objects all night. Yeah, that's definitely related. Does he seem high to me? Does he does he seem like he might make be... an investigator? He definitely seems high to me. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things. There's like so many things you guys could do. Yeah. But that now I'm just sitting here like, what are those things? Okay. We want to do another race. We want to gamble again. Like I am willing to do anything. It's no wasted time. There's no wasted time. Come to a scene. Of the cameras looking in Robert's house all dark, and Mango is just chasing around a clay squirrel. <laughs> Amazing. We got a solid hour of content in that's going to be edited down was to 20 minutes. Wait, you guys are doing this for content? <laughs> At this point, I'm here for the memes. I was yeah, having a good time. We, we were going to go down to the labyrinth, and then Wei was like, no. And then we were going to go talk to Calvin, and Wei was like, no. I guess we could go talk to that guy who makes things. Robert? Because, like, maybe maybe we want something to help us not get lost down there. Like, mm -hmm. a, ball, like a, a yarn, you know? Yeah, magic's, magic items made. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, now you're remembering things. Nice. <laughs> That's a thing you had. <laughs> They totally remembers it. <laughs> it's written down my on my thing. It's written down in my notes. It's right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna start looking through Deroy's inventory to make sure that we've got. Like... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go to this maker guy, and like we should get something to help us not get lost, like a compass. I would like you to explain where you're going to Jason, and then we'll do this scene. Hi, right, Jason. We're, we're going to a place we've never gone before. A <laughs> workshop. Uh... We figured it out that it exists because there was a riddle, and it came out of the box, and there was keys, and we put the keys in the locks on the box. And then this one time we went on a race, and, and like... We won the race, but it was really weird because we had to make our own car. Yeah, something you learn when you get magic is that the world just becomes like an escape room and you just have well, to like, solve the, a lot of puzzles. The world's always been like that. It's just like, are you aware of it or not, you know? So where are we going? We're going to gear up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess we need like, like flashlights or something. Something. Exactly. I want Robert to, instead of just buying a flashlight, I want to invoke overcomplicated solutions to invent a magic one. <laughs> There's a plain white business card with a haiku on it. Masterful workshop. 
anything imagined made, but never for harm, as well as an address. It's the plainest looking storefront you've ever seen in your life. It's so plain, it stands out from all the other vibrant signs. It immediately catches your attention. Black text on a white background. The font is Comic Sans. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, it says Nico's Workshop. Nico, Nico, Nico. Walking inside, um, the space is extremely sparse. Four bare walls and a countertop. There's a woman standing behind the counter. She's got a pressed suit with a clipboard in her hands. She says, welcome to Nico's. Do you have something that would help us to navigate the labyrinth without, like, getting lost? Robert is in the corner writing on a piece of string the true name of Longness. So I can make a really long string <laughs> that can lead us back to where we came from. Perfect. Sounds like a group commission, then. I'll need each of you to answer one question about what you want made. Okay. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. First question. What song would it sing? Like a sailor shanty. <laughs> sailor shanty. Okay, she immediately writes that down on the clipboard. What does it have in common with the moon? Oh, both shiny. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just going to write that down. What kind of wetland is it? <laughs> This is a quiz from the earlier part of this episode. Were you paying attention? Dude, I, when, when you were going through that section, I was so happy. You were cracking out all the relevant limnology terms. I was like, oh my god, he's, he's, he's got this down pat. He did his research. Yeah. Right. And the reason Tia was thinking about that in her dream is because it was actually Robert's dream. Well, it would be a fen because it's a lowland that's covered wholly or partly with water, unless it's artificially drained. It usually has peaty or alkaline soil and characteristic flora. It's got sedges and reeds and things like that. She nods, writes all of that down. <laughs> and how do you think it will die? It'll be an end, but also a new beginning. And last question to the person who hasn't answered yet. What would it want of you? To not abandon the people that we find in the dark. Perfect. Okay, so just to recap. God damn it, I can't repeat what you said, Will. <laughs> <laughs> would have been so good i have it i have it i've got it right okay here. Send, send it to me so i can repeat it recording. <laughs> here you go buddy so just to re <clears throat> just to recap the song it would sing is a sailor's shanty what it has in common with the moon is that they're both shiny it would be a fen because it's a. Keep it together, man. You need one good take. Hold yourself together. You need one good fucking take, brother. Be centered. Be grounded. Be as serene as the Buddha. It would be a fen because it's a. Watch, watch, watch. Watch, watch. I can do it. I can do it easy. No problem. It's so fucking funny. Okay, let me go again. Let me try again. Let me try again. Okay, okay. We'll fix it in post. It would be a fen because it's a lowland that's covered wholly or part.
got okay. <laughs> seven words that time. You're doing better. It would be a fen because it's a lowland that's covered wholly or partly with water. Sorry, that one was my bad. <laughs> it would be a because it, it's a lowland that is covered wholly or partly with water unless artificially drained, and that usually has peaty or alkaline soil, and uh, its characteristic flora are of uh, sedges and reeds. It would be a fen because it's a lowland that's covered wholly or partly with water unless artificially drained. Uh, I'm choking. I'm choking so like, fucking hard right now. Three words every time you, you try it again. It would be a fen because it's a lowland that's covered wholly or partly with water, unless artificially drained, and it usually has peaty alkaline soil and characteristic flora like sedges and reeds. When it dies, it will be an end, but it will also be a new beginning, and it wouldn't want you to abandon those people you find down there. Is that all correct? Did I make any mistakes? When that I was sounds doing like that? the right order. No, you, you it only actually... took you... You 16 takes that are going to stay in because, like, uh, you're not going to be able to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God for if you fucking edit that out, white, I will. It's going to be so shite to listen to, dude. I actually no. thought that, that you repeated it back to us perfectly and uh, without error. It sounded pretty good. Said Perfect. Pretty we'll end the episode there. This episode is brought to you by wetlands. A third of threatened and endangered species are currently living in wetlands, which makes it more important for us to conserve and protect them.